You are listening to the Apex Nutrition Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome to a new episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast. I'm Ben, and Kelly is in Colorado on the other side of the phone. How are you? (laughs) I'm here, and I'm good. So we're trying something else out here in the world of podcasting. Usually we do online. It's like an online thing. But right now, if you can imagine, we are... (laughs) Well, first of all, we should say what it's going to be because people get irritated if I don't. So it's a variety show. And uh, what are we going to do, Kelly? Part of the variety We're going to talk show. about like several different topics that have kind of come up um, during the summer for me and some clients and just things that I thought would be interesting to other listeners with nutrition. Cool. Okay. So picture this real quick. We have, we're talking to each other on phones. I have my usual headphones plugged into my phone. And then we're recording separately on a program on each of our computers. And then I will take those two tracks, bring them together, and hopefully they match up. Otherwise, I have to do a little finagling. Uh, but that's <laughs> that's some secret behind the world of podcasting. But I yeah. think they call that, I think they call it piggybacking, maybe. That's like the okay. in term for podcasters <laughs> that do this, which apparently it isn't very popular for people to do this. They use a lot of Skype. Skype is apparently really popular, yeah, well, which... It, so that's what we're doing. Anyhow. So now people yeah, know. Yeah, and part of it's because I live somewhere where there's not great Wi-Fi. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. And you just shared something out the other day. Uh, if they are interested in staying in that region, you do rent out your house, right? I, we do when we're gone. So it is our house that we live in. You know, it's not like okay. a rental. Um, so, But we go on. But you have it listed somewhere. I do. It's on um, Airbnb. Yeah. You know, if someone, yeah, Airbnb. and um, Okay. Yeah, we rent it out every year in August is when we go away for about 10 to 11 days. And uh, yeah, okay. rented it last year. And it's a great place for mountain bikers. And I will be honest, we are we are looking more for like families than like the bro weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where no, 12 and, guys and we have. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, we have a lot of family people that listen. Yeah. That's why I wanted to at least bring it up because you yeah. shared it. I was like, oh, we got to we got to at least mention that. So if people have any questions. Yeah, and it's big enough for two to three families. And so that's what I always envisioned it for because, you know, we have kids' rooms and stuff. So it's a little bit weird. We've Mm -hmm. we've had it where there's like 10 to 12 adults. And I don't know. We're just going the different way. We just don't, you know, big parties, that sort of thing is not our deal. So it's like a family neighborhood. We've got, you know, basketball court and trampoline and all that. And obviously, we're right here across from all the fun trails on Mount Crested Butte. And then, of course, all the the real trails back in the backcountry are right out the door. So, So, yeah. Didn't really plan on mentioning that, but you can yeah. use our hose, our bike rack. Yeah, it's <laughs> cool. The it, deal. I just saw that I would seen it before, and I just when I, I was uh, yeah putting together a show page, so I was stalking you for some like just see what's going on, and I reminded of the pictures, mm-hmm. and, I, and I just thought to myself, <laughs> man, is that a fantastic spot? So anyhow, okay, yeah, so let's talk about sweet. Apex Nutrition Podcast. Uh, we have had a lot of new listeners. I just released a show. This will probably go up. So probably two weeks ago, week and a half ago. Uh, but we have a lot of new listeners since the previous one at the end of the spring. Uh, so if you have any questions or comments, whatever it is, you can always send them to Kelly. It's K-E-L-L-I at apexnutritionllc.com. Or me, it's Ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Or the best way to get caught up on everything is just to go download the Mountain Bike Radio app. Any of your app stores, just type it in Mountain Bike Radio, and it'll pop up. Download it. It's free. Um, and what you need to do is there is a search box at the top of the screen. Type in Apex or Apex Nutrition or pretty much, I think, 
any apex anything and it will filter out the several years worth of shows so you can just catch up on all the details and all the different podcasts you can binge listen to get caught up and see what kelly's all about cool yeah and i i get that a lot that i get emails from shows we've done a long time ago you know when people just have found it so um and you know we used to start off with a lot more of the basics of just healthy eating and kind of the philosophy i use for eating every day versus you know, fueling training and workouts and even races and that sort of thing. So um, if you want those basics, then I would go back. And then the other things that we've really hit on is kind of just taking care of your body and minimizing the damage that endurance um, training or, you know, it's not all about racing and racers, um, but just endurance riding can do over years. And just kind of what I see as far as nutrition deficiencies and how to age well and feel good and recover well. Lots of stuff. It's awesome. All right, so let's uh, get on with this one. Yeah, so this is going to be a variety show. We'll see what – give us your feedback on it. Um, I'd love to hear. I there's It's been, what, it's been like two months since we've actually recorded. So mm-hmm. there's just different content that's kind of come up in my life or the life of my uh, clients, and I thought I'd share a few things. Um, one is I never really race very often. But I've had this itch to do this um, trail running. I'm a trail runner as well. You know, I do like 25% as much trail running as I do riding. Like once a week I I run and try to keep that up and stuff. Um, But I've had this. Oh, my knee. That's one part of it is my knee. So I'm like one year and a quarter post-op ACL um, and a little bit longer than that of tearing my ACL and my MCL. Um, And yeah, it's awesome. I, you know, this race was a nine miler um, and I think it's like 1850 elevation gain all at once and then all down, which is hard, you know, with, with needs for people to have just all the down at once. Um, but here's a couple of things that happened to me. And, and the reason I even you know, thought about this is I work with, a, you know, maybe 50 percent of my clients race as well. And so we do all this prep, you know, and they race at all different levels. Something that people think are kind of a misconception is that I only work with like real high level racers, but that's not true. I work, I have those, but I have people like who don't race at all or who don't even like ride bikes, just want to get in shape and fit. And then I, you know, I have everything in between. So that's something to know. But for the ones who do race, whether no matter what level they're at, seems like so like maybe a third of the time people get sick right before they have a race and they're not sick, you know, in training. And then they'll get sick kind of in the two weeks before. And it's such a bummer because, you know, any sickness that involves, especially like bacteria, like strep or uh, any of those, it's not just the sickness time that's affected as far as riding your bike goes. There's uh, like the effects can be there for two weeks afterwards. It just takes a lot out of you. So um, in the two weeks before this running race, Someone in my household had pneumonia. I don't know if pneumonia is going around everywhere, but I've heard so many people get pneumonia this summer, which is crazy, here and elsewhere. Um, And then we also had guests in our home two weeks before this race, two weekends, and like three of them got here having caught colds on the plane. (laughs) And so, you know, there's just this household of like coughing and I, you know, prepared for this race and I was worried. And so I just wanted to share some of the things I do to try to avoid getting sick. And, you know, you can judge for yourself whether these are why I didn't get sick, but I didn't get sick. All my kids got coughs, you know, so five out of the six of us got sick plus guests and I didn't. So who knows? Um, But a couple of the things that I do 
is one, everyone knows that I love turmeric and ginger. And the reason I love them is for all sorts of things. Um, you can go back through the archives for that one for sure. Um, but they're great for joint health and joint pain, also muscle recovery, digestion, brain health, all these things. They're just really good nutrients. But another thing they do is they can reduce your risk of colds. So I was already taking 1,000 milligrams of each of those per day. And I think that that probably helped. The other thing I do, well, two more, is one is I always have coldies on hand. And that are those are those, um, no, they come cold in Cold E's, like cold E-E-Z, I think it's called. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Two E-Z, E-E-Z-E. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't know, often recommend just like specific brands of things, but this has just worked for me for years. Um, they come in sprays, they come in, I think, lozenges, and then they come in these um, like melting things you hold on your um, tongue. That's not a lozenge. It's like a tablet. Anyway, what they are, are they are vitamin C, but they're more importantly, they're zinc. And the whole thing behind this is that, um, you know, viruses, when we think back to microbiology or whatever, they have um, RNA, not DNA. So they're not, so they're trying to replicate using your cells, right, in your body. And the whole thing with colds is they replicate really fast. And once they get to a certain point, they cause all the symptoms we feel when we have a cold. And when you have a cold that's starting in the back of your throat, that's actually where the virus is, is it's it's living in the back of your throat and replicating. And what zinc does is it doesn't allow RNA to replicate. So it by then that's why you have to hold it in your mouth is you're trying to like coat your mouth or spray it in there. You're trying to coat all those surfaces with zinc. And then it's going to cause the virus to not be able to replicate. That's the science behind it anyway. Um, so it's not like it cures colds because whatever viruses were already there are still there. It doesn't kill the existing viruses. It just makes it so they can't replicate. So um, that's why it says it shortens the duration. It doesn't just cure your cold. But anyway, so as soon as people start coughing, I started popping those like, you know, I was doing the four times a day of those. Then the turmeric and ginger. I also, um, I'm a little susceptible to sinus infections when I get colds. So I do the apple cider vinegar. We've done that whole tonic. Um, So go back and I have a whole tonic. Do not take apple cider vinegar straight. I'll always dilute it. So that recipe is just a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in about four ounces four to six of some liquid. I usually throw in a dash of juice because it's gross. If you, It's pretty gross if you don't. Um, and drink it down. And what that does is it just keeps sinuses draining so nothing can kind of set up there and have a place for bacteria or viruses to infect. So that's what I did with that and hydrated a lot and I didn't get sick. So I thought I'd share the anti-sick before a race or adventure or whatever you're doing. Just don't want to get sick. Plan. <laughs> so that's one. The The other thing that happened to me before that race is I started getting a stiff neck. (laughs) I don't know. I think, man, I don't know if I was like a ball of stress or what. Um, But I just, I don't know if you've ever had like where you're sleeping and you're almost, you Mm -hmm. almost have a stiff neck, but not quite. And when you go to bed, you're like, oh gosh, don't sleep weird because you're going to wake up with a stiff neck. I was really nervous about this because this was going to like, you can't like run nine miles with a stiff neck very well. You know, like when you have one so bad, you can't look to the right without turning your whole body. So, um, so I was a little concerned and, um, I'm a big fan of foam rolling and most of the people I work with, you know, we talk a lot about recovery and foam rolling. So I thought, you know, maybe there's something I can do for like, it it felt like my traps were really, um, tight, my trapezoids. And I think a lot of stiff necks are that I think they're tight back muscles that are pulling on one side of your neck. Um, and so anyway, went on YouTube and I found this great video about foam rolling the upper half of your back. Have you ever done your back? 
No, I have not done that. Oh, like I'm like a. Should I try it? I'm like addicted to. I'm foam when I foam roll my legs. Uh I now foam roll my back as well. So basically, so do you just lay on it straight, like, or do you put it uh, the foam roller parallel to your spine? Okay, so foam roller perpendicular perpendicular to your spine, spine. just like you would your legs, right? You get in like a sit up position, hands behind your ears, um, and your elbows pointed straight up to the ceiling. Okay, like you're gonna do sit up. Okay. Then you kind of get in a bridge, so you're you're on your feet, and your back is on maybe at mid back on the foam roller, and then you literally just just work your way all the way up to your neck and back down and neck and back down, and you'll feel where it's tight. Like I could tell exactly what part of my trap was too tight. Um, then the other thing they recommended was same position, but you curl your back kind of over the foam roller, and your elbows are pointed behind you. And you just go point by point. So you stop. Instead of rolling like a smooth motion back and forth, you stop at each point and then a little bit further and a little bit further. So you're arching your back on it a little bit more. And you'll feel where, like, you know, just like whenever someone's massaging and they get to a point and then they push hard there, kind of a release point. It was amazing. Within one time, my my neck was better. I was still a little afraid when I went to bed that night. After two days of doing it, I didn't have even, like, I wasn't even near a stiff neck anymore. And so now I do it like every day and my neck is just great. And I've always thought this was like a pillow issue or something. And so I, um, you know, switch out pillows all the time. Um, I don't get them a ton, but I'd say I get them four times a year maybe. And it's awesome. I feel really, really good from it. So there was the next one. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'm going to try that when we get yeah, done. It's, and I have one of those foam rollers that has the, um, it's not smooth. It has all the different, um, it's like jagged. And it's still, so it was mm-hmm. a little harsh near my neck, but it felt really good and it worked really good. So that's what I did. Why do you use that? Why do you use that over just a smooth one? Uh, does it work that much better? I you? feel like it does. It's, just, it's I, like different pressure points. Okay. It's kind of like a massage, you know? Okay. I don't know. I didn't super research it, but the last time I had to buy a foam roller, I was, do you know? I saw it and I was like, whoa, that looks pretty, looks pretty good. Yep. It's, I have it right next to me. Just a second. It's called the King something. Mine's bright orange King. We might have linked to it before, but if not, I'll send you the link. Um, it's a, it's in like the, I feel like it's around $20. Yeah, so. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, King Athletic. <laughs> That's fine. And I'm sure it's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So listeners, when you see the link, okay, King Athletic, uh, when you click on it, click on that Amazon link in the yes. show notes because it'll be free to you and we get a little cut for sending you over there. So- it helps, uh, but yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna check that out myself because I use a smooth one, and I'm always just looking for a little bit more bumps. Yeah, and maybe maybe I'll send you the um, YouTube because you know I'm not a, like a back or spine mm-hmm. professional, but maybe I'll send you the YouTube of the person who is a spine professional showing it in case I didn't describe it. Sometimes those sort of things are easier to see than to listen to. But I'm a believer for sure. Cool. Um, all right, next one, and this is my last part about this dang race. <laughs> this is a lot <laughs> was, for this um, race. It better you know, be. I, t- it better have turned out well oh, for all this. I took third in women, and I'm I'm not a runner, so it turned out fine. Um, but it was pain cave the whole, you know. And I thought afterwards, I was like, <laughs> so I PR'd by like five minutes on just the single track, and that was about a hundred or an hour twenty, and so it was a decent PR. But I was thinking to myself the whole time, you know, when I did race bikes, 
there were moments of bliss, you know, moments of going downhill on great single track and feeling good. And like, and you always, I always did long ones, like 150 to 100 miles. So there's lots of different Mm -hmm. moments in those sort of rides, right? There's pain cave moments, but there's also, there's enough time for it to be fun too. So I found that this dang 90 minutes of just pure up and then down was like, it was like pancake the whole time. The whole down was not fun. <laughs> the whole up was not No, it's not. not yeah, there's no it, resting. Oh, I was like, you know, I, I knew I was going to lose a toenail after it. I, like a blister started happening. Like the whole time I was like, man, the, there's a reason why, you know, racing is super fun, but there's a reason why I would stick to um, either super long distance running where there's all those different things that happen. But 90 minute race. I don't think it's for me. It was, you know, it turned out fine, but man, it was like not an enjoyable Saturday. <laughs> but I got a hat. I got some sweet stuff. So it was, I mean, it was fun. It was a good experience. But here's the so other thing. Yeah, what's the other thing? So, you know, if you've listened to before, I'm a pretty big believer in supplements for endurance athletes. I feel like it's very tough to get all the nutrients we need. And most of us, even if you're not racing, you know, like I said, I don't race that much, but I, you know, I go, I love, I love adventures and I go far on my bike and that sort of thing. And so I know that I'm always teetering near iron deficiency. I live at 9,000 feet. Plus I run, plus I'm a woman, all those things add together. So I, you know, I don't, I hadn't been supplementing, um, consistently. Like I supplement like 10 days of iron per month, something like that. And, um, so for, before this race, I was like, I'm going to supplement like I would tell my clients, you know, it's all you're I'm always the last person to do probably what I say for all these things, <laughs> like for my clients. So for about a month ahead, I supplemented at um, is right around 60 milligrams of um, chelated iron per day. And oh, my gosh, like my nails, my fingernails completely changed. All these things I could visibly see. And I will say when people talk to me about nutrition and nails, fingernails. A lot of people believe there's a lot of signs in your nails for nutrition, nutrient deficiencies. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard if you have that little, um, like half circle white thing. Some people think you're deficient in calcium. Have you heard about any of these? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So most of them are a farce. I'm going to say that most of them, it's just like something happened to your nail bed or something like that, but there is one that's true. So I'll have, especially all my female listeners, but males can be absolutely be iron deficient as well. Um, spooning of your nails. So if they go in and then back up, and it can be a vertical in or horizontal in, in and then back up. Mine was very subtle. And I will say I didn't even realize they were spooning until they weren't. But like if I look in the light, you can see a divot. You can see where the light shines on them different, you know, like a concave thing. Okay. Um. So within about two weeks of supplementing, and I eat red meat probably three times a week. You know, I... Except for being at altitude, a woman in endurance, as far as my diet goes, there wasn't a good reason for me to be iron deficient. And that's what most people will tell me. Like, no, there's no way. Um, within about two weeks, my nails completely changed. Like, no, And I looked at them one day and I was like, what in the world? These look totally different. And then I figured out what it was because they hadn't all healed all the way from the spooning. But that is a sign of iron de- deficiency. The other things are, you know, unexplained fatigue and unexplained paleness that you didn't have before and sometimes dark circles under your eyes. But the problem is, is a lot of those can kind of come along also with just being tired and like not sleeping well. Um, But this one, there's no real other good reason why your nails would be spooning. So there's another tidbit in our variety show for iron. and uh, Yeah, I know. And it was weird to me that like knowing certain things and being kind of on top of most things for clients. 
all this time, and I never even realized that about my nails. And the other reason I will bring this up is I just I started working with a new client who basically her entire summer has been ruined because she has overtraining syndrome, but mostly because of nutrient nutrient deficiencies so bad that it's going to take us yeah. the rest of the summer to kind of dig her out. You know, overtraining mm-hmm. you hear about all this stuff. And one of my other clients who's doing great this summer, he hired me in the off season because last summer he came up to overtraining to to the point where you know it takes weeks and months. Um, but this person. You know, she she was pretty resistant when I first met her that it could be an iron issue, you know, and she kind of got diagnosed by a natro- naturopathic doctor who I I admire and I think they do great work and, and she does this this particular one that's in um, this area. You know, she got diagnosed with adrenal fatigue, which was definitely there. I knew there was overtraining going just having known her and what her training was like and maybe some of the lack of nutrition that was taking place. But she, you know, I told her when I first met her that I thought it was probably there was some anemia, at least maybe one component. Um, And it turns out that she had just one of the lowest serum ferritin and serum ferritin is the iron stored, the storage of iron. And this is important, and I'll explain why, because it's important for a lot of athletes. Um, but it turns out she had one of the lowest I've seen. Um, maybe I've seen two lower. It's it's so low to a point where, um, like I said, it's going to take at least six weeks for her to dig out and get to a healthy level for an athlete. And even then, she may not feel completely great. So basically, the summer is gone. Um, so I'm just going to tell anyone who thinks that there's – and she doesn't eat red meat. Otherwise, she does. She does eat other animal proteins. She's not vegetarian, but that's something to to know. Um, so, for anyone else, just because I don't love to hear about entire summers being ruined or you know full, lots of months, and this is an easy solution. So it's a bummer that she had to go down like this long road to figure it out because she didn't um, she didn't think it was iron when I first talked to her about it. Um, if there's any reason for you to think that you might be low, if you're a runner at all, a female at all, if you live at high altitude or travel up to high altitude, if you don't eat red meat, um, you know, those are all reasons that kind of add up to be low in it. Um, if you get tested, I recommend getting a serum ferritin. And again, that's the storage. And the whole difference here is that hematocrit and hemoglobin, which is what most people will get, that's what's in your blood. So it's kind of like the ferritin's like the bank account and the blood is like the wallet and you just keep taking from the bank account over and over. Um, And so those hemoglobin and hematocrit might look fine, but they might be drawing from the storage to the point where the storage isn't going to have anything pretty soon. And when it doesn't have anything and the, the blood keeps trying to draw from it, it overdraws. And when it does, like the whole bottom falls out and that's where she's at. And it's not easy to fix at that point. Um, it's easy to fix as far as we know what supplements to take, but it takes a long time. Yeah. But if we were able to see that that ferritin was getting low before that, it wouldn't like her summer would not have been done. We'd be able to fix it while she's still going. So, so that, and I come into contact with that quite a bit and I'm able to see, you know, some people believe like, Oh, well, Supplements don't actually work, but a lot of the clients I work with, you know, if I'm doing high level iron, we are retesting in six weeks and we see that it works. Um, so anyway, that's another iron thing. I got two more in the variety show and then in anything okay. you want to add. Yeah. No, that's good. I, th- I think that'll bring up a lot of questions. Cause... Yeah. And you know, people are sometimes are afraid of supplements. Iron is scary overall. Do not, you know, listen to this. Do not go about adding a bunch of iron supplementation without working with someone or without at least regular testing. Cause one thing about iron is our bodies don't get 
rid of it readily. So you can take too much. I've had clients who start with me who are taking high amounts, and that's not good either without knowing any of their numbers. Um, so yeah, send the questions because um, I'm done. I've worked with a lot of runners and um, you know followed iron quite a bit. All right. Another one is um, we've been doing quite a bit of hiking with our children lately and some big hikes, some like 3,000-foot vertical gain-type hikes. And so, um, you know, I just thought I'd throw in some things I've learned about hiking or fueling kids, and I'd love to hear what you got on this one too, Ben. Um, But one thing that I know is that kids don't have a lot of room as far as blood sugar to not – kind of constantly fuel. It doesn't have to be constant because you can't stop all the time. But just realize that kids don't can't swing like adults can. Most adults have plenty of, you know, um, their bodies are flexible. You can go for longer without eating or without fueling. And for a lot of people, if they're hiking with kids, they're hiking pretty slow compared to what they would be doing. So it's not a big deal. So it's real easy to forget that your kids are probably going up more towards their brink and that they don't have room to not have fuel going on. So a few of the things that we've done is on these big ones, I actually don't make my kids carry camelbacks because that's just one more thing for them. But I try to have, you know, water or even like a half juice, half water available that I'll get out and we can kind of quickly keep going while they drink. Because you can't, that's one thing is especially here, we get thunderstorms in the afternoon. So you can't just take forever. You know, that's part of it. And I don't want to take forever. So the other thing is I use all kinds of things, fruit strips, organic fruit snacks, or sometimes not, whatever, um, cookies, Fig Newtons, you know, kind of every hour I'm giving them something that they can eat while they can keep going. Um, I find this, you know, with hiking, even with skiing, even with chairlifts, um, with biking, you really see drops in kids' blood sugar. And sometimes when you think that they are just whining because they want to whine because you're making them hike something – Sometimes it's really like a like a hormonal blood sugar sort of function going on. So that's something. Yeah, and yeah, good. And that that's similar in adults mm-hmm. too. And different adult, adults are different. You know, some people have a lot of room there to mess around. Abby, Other people I, I just are mean real the crabby thing. Like, yes. If you find, <laughs> well, that's yeah, yeah, insane. If you find yourself getting crabby, yeah. The whole hangry thing. Yeah, a lot of times it could just be during your day, but. When hiking, I've I've definitely found that the kids, you know, it's something to look forward to, all those things. But they do a lot better if, even if they, you just look at it as functional. Like this isn't their favorite food, but you're just kind of giving it to them to keep going. And the other thing that people can make a mistake about is um, they'll give them like trail mix, like a lot of nuts. And we've talked about this sport before with athletes. Trail mix is great, but it needs to have you know, 75% carbs, not not nuts, which are more fats and protein. They will hardly even digest that during the time you're hiking. So that's good for maybe if you're at the top and you want... But what if your kids are keto? Oh, gosh. Do not start with me. <laughs> then, yeah, all the... Oh, I don't even know. All the no, that's butter. a good tip, yeah. though. Something... Something, yeah, no, no. You need something that's going to affect their blood sugar. And, and we've talked about this at length. When you are hiking, and, and remember, they're at, they might be at their brink just because it's not hard for you. It might be hard for them. And so um, when they're hiking in that way, their bodies will use those carbs differently than if, you know, if you were just sitting on your butt doing nothing. So those carbs are not inflammatory at that time. They're not, you know, bad for kids or something, but they are the ones that are going to help them. It's going to help their brains. The glucose, you know, glucose is um, required for your brain function. So when you see these huge fatigue, you know, energy drops, 
cranky, whining. Sometimes it's just a matter of not enough glucose to their brains. So don't give them, you know, all nuts. They need the carbs too. A little bit of nuts is okay. Do you take the kids out all at once? Yeah. Well, and that's the hard part is our poor four-year-old yeah, has to hike rough. with all of us. It's, oh, she's, she's. Because how old she's is like your oldest? 11. Yeah. So it is pretty easy for him. You know, he's, the one that surprises me though, and I think that you never know with kids, is the second youngest. She just turned seven and she is like a bird. She's like super light. My, my four-year-old's more like a tank and my seven-year-old's more like a bird. She's just, they weigh the same. They wear, they share clothes. One's taller, one's more tank. But um, Riley, she's like skipping all the way up, basically. When we, she never complains. She just gets to the top. She's like smiling and joyful. And like, I think she's just so light that she might be kind of endurance body type or something. She just goes and she has no problem. My four-year-old and four, you know, four-year-olds don't, they don't really get that like it's okay to feel pain and to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to start sounding like a really bad mom. Um because they're like, what in the world are we doing? This is horrible. No matter what you do, you're going <laughs> to... I know. Yeah. No matter what you do, anytime you share your opinion on parenting, somebody's going to have you. a problem so, with it. So anyway, um, yeah. but yeah, she's she's not, you know, and she has ups and downs. Like her, she has more of an emotional roller coaster. And I can tell when the four-year-old really needs more food. But she cracked me up on this last mm-hmm. one because we were like 100 feet from the top. And she just looked at me and she goes, mom... I do not care about the tippy top. <laughs> she just wanted to turn around. And I was like, oh, you care yeah. about the tippy top. We are 100 feet away and we are going to get the tippy top. But anyway, um, yeah, so they all hike together and the four-year-old's going to be, she's either going to hate it or she's going to be a little beast. So I got one more thing in our variety show and then a few. Um, so I have uh, tried to take on a lot more of the maintenance of my own bike <laughs> because my husband, you know, we have, like I said, four kids, the two older ones, they're, they're kind of more into the good bikes now that we care about. It's not just like their old beaters where we hardly even lube them or something. So there's a lot of maintenance going on in my home between all these bikes and all the gear we have. So I've tried to like step up and learn some stuff so I can help the kids and so I can help myself and it doesn't all end up with Mike. And so one thing I learned recently is how to put on my own tubeless tires. Um, and um, and Ben laughed at me and my husband laughed at me too. But while I was trying to... <laughs> not that, not, yeah, explain before people get all upset that I'm like ripping on some woman who can't <laughs> Ben's do something. Ben's a jerk. Because <laughs> that's not the case. I was just trying to understand like what you right. couldn't do, okay. but go ahead. And I, hopefully some women will step up and tell me that they've experienced this as well. Or small or men. Or small and men. You, if you're, yes. Or if you have small hands. <laughs> and you can say it's for a friend if you have small hands. Don't worry. And I don't have the tiniest hands yes, ever. Exactly. But I, I am like, I'm five foot. So I'm small. No, but you're, yeah, um, you're five feet. So anyway, yeah. you know, so I'm trying to put my new tires on my rims. This is before putting in the stands, you know, and then completely sealing them and using the air compressor and all that. So imagine that I'm trying to get the tire into the rim all but the small part where I'm going to put the stands in. And so I keep trying to do this, and I'm finding out that my hands are not big enough or strong enough to hold one part of the tire on the rim while I work the other hand around. Is this a good description? Like, you're getting what I'm saying, right, Ben? Mm-hmm. I'm working the other hand yeah. around the rim to get most of the tire onto the rim. 
Okay. So I'm just finding that my hands are not big enough or strong enough. And like every time I go around to a certain point, the other hand can't hold on any longer. And then that one has a big gap in it. And so I'm not making any progress. So what I found to do, if anyone else with smaller hands needs this tip, is I um, I started off and I used zip ties on the part that I got on first. And then I didn't need that hand to stay over there. And I was able to work my way around and get the rest of the tire on. And now forever, I can put on my own tubeless tires. So there you go. In the seat all the time is the next step. Yeah, I, it's taken me a few because I, but but now I'm, yeah, I'm getting it to seal all the way usually. Good. So yeah, I, awesome. I actually just had to redo one. Um, but yeah, I can take it apart. I can redo it. And, you know, whenever Mike has to do like all of ours at once, it's like this huge event, you know, yep. and it's a bummer. But now that I can do mine when I need to and the kids and it's nice because I don't have to wait till he has time. So, um, so yeah, I was pretty excited about it anyway. Now, now the next thing is to do fork <laughs> maintenance. That is, you're exactly right. That is the next thing. I can do my brake maintenance. You know, obviously I can do just, you know, chain and like barrel type barrel adjustments right. on my derailleur. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I hate going for those. I've, I've messed with those dang screws in the back before, but I feel like I get myself into more trouble when I yeah, do it. You sh- once you get that kind of stuff set, you shouldn't, but with the kids, right. who knows, like oh. a lot of times they hit it and things yeah. get messed up. And, yeah. yeah. And I can do all my own chain maintenance as far as putting on a new chain and, you know, breaking whatever I need to do there. Yeah. But you're right. The forks are the next thing. And I'm going, my one son's forks are leaking a little bit. So when we have time and Mike's going to show us what to do, I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to, I'm going to learn. I will so. tell you what, the last tell me three weeks ago, maybe a month ago at this point, I yeah. actually paid to have uh, it's serviced my fork service for the first time in a long, long time. Once you trust someone, but it was someone, pretty fantastic. Great. Yeah, and I know. In the time it takes for me, because I I can do it. I just don't have. It just takes me way longer than right. it should. There's certain things like right? that. Yeah, or whatever it is, a couple hours. Just it's too much, right? Because I have right. to have like this dedicated time. Otherwise, it turns into like right. this thing that I do one day, finish the next. I can't, it's just not worth my time. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you yeah, know what? I'm just going to pay him. Yeah, I'm going to show exactly. up in a few days and I'm going to pick it up and it's just going to be good. And it you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's going to be awesome. You know, I just snapped my rear derailleur cable, which is ridiculous, I know, because um, that doesn't happen that often, I don't think. But I think I hit it on mm-hmm. on a downhill like three weeks ago, maybe. Because my, I had to do barrel adjustments because I think it frayed. I know it frayed. And so my cable was stretched. So I wasn't able to get into easier gears as easy, right? So I had to tighten it. So then I tightened it, which was probably not a good Mm -hmm. idea because now I was tightening like a frayed cable. So yesterday morning, I went on this ride. It wasn't a big one. It's going to be like a 90 minute ride. But I went over, of course, like over some mountains to a different area far away from my home and um i was going on this road to get to the next single track portion and i hit a pothole and um yeah it just snapped and it was such a bummer because uh, i knew i knew what happened because i had seen this frayed and i knew i should have taken care of it but same thing i um that was just one of those things like re- putting a new cable in i just knew it was going to be the weekend before we could do it and we're camping this weekend and blah 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 and my local bike shop the one i trust put it in in like an hour 20 bucks later <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah, you're Sometimes all set. Sometimes you just perfect. gotta pay. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, I, I got to ride today, yep. and I wouldn't have. So yeah, cool. So there's that. That's it. That's what I got all right. for today. So listeners, that is it. And if you have any questions, <laughs> like I said, 
K-E-L-L-I at Apex Nutrition LLC. And she kind of mentioned it and stuff, but if you go to apexnutritionllc.com or just click on the link in the show notes, when you're listening on the app, you can keep listening and kind of scroll through stuff. She has a ton of stuff on there. Writing, plans, yeah. cheap plans, Recipes, expensive yeah. plans, customized stuff, yeah. everything in between. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And even, right, you can download, we can work together. And it's not it's not so expensive, it's out of your reach. You know, $135 for a custom plan is what it is. And then you can decide if you want to work with me month by month after that. Um, the other thing is if you've got, you know, spouses, friends, family who just want to get in shape and uh, aren't like super hardcore mountain bikers or whatever – I work with them too. I love helping people just be healthy. And there's a link for all of that on my site. So um, anyone who needs my help, I'm here. It's awesome. And she does this on her own time with kids in the other room doing whatever <laughs> they're doing at this point. I don't even know what they're doing, so, so don't worry about yeah. it. They're probably climbing mountains and crying yeah. at the top. So, by like <laughs> you are going to hell <laughs> as a parent. Or, or getting roasted on. Exactly. My, my whole point is she spent a lot of time on her own time with no direct payment involved other than just giving you free information. And she's done that if through all the years. Uh, so she's not just asking you yeah. to go click on some stuff for no reason. So, Oh yeah. Just check out the, yes. you know, I, I'm almost done, but I'm going to have a free assessment. Maybe by the time this airs, maybe that'll oh, be boy. a goal. I'm going to have a, f- I shouldn't say no, you shouldn't because you know what's going to happen. We've had this discussion is like <laughs> kids aren't in school right Every now t- and, Shit's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Like something's going to break in my home and my car and my bike exactly. at the same time, which is going to not let me get. <laughs> okay. Well, I will okay. say it when it's done. We will put it on Twitter, whatever. I will let Ben know. But there will be a free assessment where you get to go through every part of nutrition, whether an athlete or not. And I give you feedback. It's like a toggle. So you pick what is your habit and you get direct feedback. And then at the end, you can decide if you need me or not. And hopefully you don't. And if you do, that's great for me. And I'll, it's great for you too, because I'll help. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. And, and listeners, thank you very much. And that does it for another episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast. Mm-hmm.